I think the biggest thing is these guys, and they've said it multiple times throughout the year, they really love to play with one another. You know, they're bought in on this season. They're bought in on the brotherhood, as they call it, and, and they want to get this 10th win and finish things the right way, which I think says a lot. Because like you said, this is an era where if someone's not playing in the playoffs and they're a high NFL draft prospect or they've got potential to get selected, they might opt out of this bowl game. Look over at the Oklahoma side of the ball. Their top running back who had over 1,300 yards sitting out, starting left tackle, sitting out, starting right tackle, sitting out, starting defensive lineman who's an NFL draft prospect declared for the draft. He's going to sit out. On the other four, on the Florida State side, who's sitting out? Not one person. Every single person from top to bottom, even the guys that have entered the transfer portal for the most part, except for, I think, Sam McCall, Jared Jackson, maybe Rod Orr. All of those guys are still on the roster, out there practicing for Florida State. Even Amari Gaynor, who's been on official visits all over the country throughout the month of December, out there making it to practice for Florida State. He's in Orlando. He's going to probably play some on Thursday, I would imagine, the, the last game of his Florida State career. So, I mean, that, that to me just shows buy-in. It shows culture, and it shows Florida State's doing the right thing off the field just like they're doing it on the field. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? It's Logan Robinson from Here to Spear, presented to you by NoleGameDay.com. We are live here in Orlando as Florida State is prepping for their big-time bowl game here on Thursday night against the Oklahoma Sooners in the Cheez-It Bowl. We just got done this morning with interviews with Mike Bell. We had Adam Fuller, Alex Atkins, along with a handful of players, including Jordan Travis, Trey Benson. A lot of stuff that we're going to talk about later on in the show. Also, Florida State landed a commit during all of those interviews today. So a pretty jam-packed day as we were traveling down to Orlando. But still got a show to do. It's a weird night, Monday night, a little bit different than what we do on Wednesday nights. But still wanted to get a preview out to you guys before Florida State takes on the Sooners in a few days. With me this evening, Austin Vizi up top. He's our lead basketball writer at nolgame.com and down below is our editor and chief at ng gentlemen it's bowl week we've got one more game left how are we feeling it's crazy that we've uh, made it this far right you know it doesn't even feel like this is the last week of the season for florida state but you know in three or four days it'll all be over and we'll know if the seminoles finish out with a uh, 10th win for the first time since 2016 so you know florida state they got a pretty Pretty big opportunity here on the table against a national brand in Oklahoma. I know they're a little bit down this year with the 6-6 six and six record under first-year head coach Brent Venables. But, I mean, the Sooners obviously are respected across the country. Everyone saw what Lincoln Riley has been doing there for years before going over to USC 
over the offseason. So, I mean, despite their record this season, this is still a team that has a lot of veterans, a good coaching staff, and, I mean, they're going to present a challenge to Florida State. It's almost it. It's almost over. Football season is almost over. It, it feels like just yesterday we were in New Orleans uh, yeah. pulling Logan out of a casino at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> Whoa, come on now. We don't have to start off that way. Come on. It's, it's been a much better season than we all anticipated, as, as we've all talked about the last few weeks. And uh, I think we're all pretty confident we'll get to it later, but we're all pretty confident that it's going to end on a high note. Yeah, I think we all are on the same page there. Florida State. Kind of getting close to a 10-win season, and you know that seems to be the focus of this team. We saw a lot of determination once Florida State started scout team prep and practice. A lot of focus switched there because there was a lot more laid-back practices, practices, and Mike Norvell runs a tight ship during those. But something switched last week whenever we were able to be out there, and you saw a lot of the second team, third team guys run a little bit of scout thing switch and this team is really really focused on getting that 10th when it means a ton to them and I, I just keep on commenting about it but we'll talk about that just a little bit later we're going to jump into florida state landing Braden fisk big time big time defensive lineman commit to, uh, earlier today and then we're going to talk conrad hussey too because of course while we were on the show he does it the next day on thursday but florida state able to flip the penn state Safety there, and then we're going to jump all yep. into bowl game prep along with our score predictions and all of that. So uh, before we get started, appreciate everybody listening, hanging out with us. If you're on Facebook right now, feel free to hit the like button, share with your friends. Also, if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button so that you get notified every time we release a new episode. We're trying to throw out quite a bit of content throughout the week, so highly suggest doing that definitely as we're leading into the off season. We're going to do a lot of media content out for you guys this off season. So uh, appreciate everybody hanging out with us, but uh, let, let's get started, man. So me, Dustin, we got here uh, earlier this morning and, you know, it seems to be a pretty, pretty good vibe. A lot of the FSU beats starting to arrive here in Tallahassee. And right when Jordan Travis begins his press conference, I look on my phone and inside the Noel game day chat, um, <laughs> John Jenkins out of nowhere says, Hey, uh, Fisk, he just uh, he just went ahead and committed, by the way. And so while we have a majority of the, uh, at least some star players from FSU, some of the coaching staff inside of the uh, press conference room, Florida State lands the number one defensive tackle in the transfer portal from Western Michigan, a really talented and experienced player that Florida State wants to add on that D-line, something that we kind of talked about throughout the last couple of weeks, what they would do. And that transfer portal, definitely, if you're wondering what Fabian Lovett's going to do, you're already losing Robert Cooper. You lost Jarrett Jackson, too, to the transfer portal. This is a big-time major get and one of the most talented guys in the transfer portal at that certain position. A nice snag for Odell Hagan and Adam Fuller going into 2023. Another immediate impact player for Florida State out of the transfer portal, Fisk, uh, the seventh guy that Florida State has got committed so far. Obviously, the other six signed um, on Wednesday during the early signing period with Florida State. But, yeah, like you like you said, Logan, a veteran defensive lineman coming in, someone who can instantly get into the rotation, if not start, at Florida State. Um, the second defensive line transfer coming in alongside Darrell Jackson. And just looking at Fisk's stats, 45 career games, 31 starts during his five years at Western Michigan, um, had a career-best season in 2022. 58 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, six sacks, and two forced fumbles. And in total is the guy that has almost 150 tackles um, at the college level. So he's clearly a veteran and has played a lot of football. Even important to note, 
Um, 84.5 grade on PFF this past season. That was the highest defensive grade on Western Michigan. So Florida State really bringing in one of the best overall players out of the portal. I think Fisk can really be a, a lethal pass rusher potentially for Florida State in the middle next season and someone who's also going to be able to help stop the run. But, I mean, this just adds to now you get a veteran on defensive line alongside some of that budding young talent that Florida State is going to have going into 2023 with Darrell Jackson coming in. You've still got Joshua Farmer. You've got four guys that are going to be redshirt freshmen over the offseason who I think, you know, Logan, me and you like a lot of them guys a lot, like uh, Io and Daniel Lyons, Woody. So Bishop Thomas, that's your guy. We'll, we'll see what happens here. But now Florida State, a veteran to stack alongside that young talent, and we'll see what happens with Fabian Lovett. I mean, this unit could be, once again, one of the strengths of the defense. Yeah, he was a top 15 defensive lineman overall on pro football focus he generated what was it 40 48 total pressures up the middle like, like we talked about with Darrell Jackson uh last week just a guy that can push the pocket up the middle and, and really affect quarterbacks that's huge that, that's the easiest way to affect a quarterback in the pocket is getting up the middle and uh it's a huge huge pickup guy that's as as Dustin mentioned guy's got a lot of experience which is something this defensive line needed depending on what love it does they need some experience in there mm-hmm. um and he really beats up that defensive line. Now we'll see what Jared Verse decides to do to, to round out the defensive line and love it as well. But huge addition, huge addition. Uh, hopefully they can add a defensive back here soon, but we will see. And I think even sweeter maybe is the teams that Florida State was able to win out this recruitment over, which oh my God. was home, hometown Notre Dame because Fisk uh, grew up in Indiana, obviously. And then USC, you know, one of the – the hot power is out on the West Coast right now with Lincoln Riley and everything. A lot of hype around that program, and, and I believe Fisk was able to take an official visit out there. So for Florida State to win out over two premier programs in the sport, both are you know ranked in the top 25 and, and doing pretty well for themselves at the moment. I think it shows a lot about the direction that this program is going, and you're seeing the players now out of the transfer portal, the high school level, they're seeing that what's happening at Florida State and, and realizing that they can be a part of something potentially special in 2023. I know, I know you saw that salty Notre Dame article. That was pretty funny. <laughs> the NIL, yeah, I did see that yeah. earlier. It was heavily in the Discord. Discord made sure to find that pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, Dustin, you were talking about it earlier. We really like the younger group in that defensive line room, but they don't have the experience right now that a guy like Fisk brings to the defense. And you lose Jared Jackson, you know where Robert Cooper is moving along kind of up in the air on what Fabian Lovett wants to do. We'll see if even Fabian Lovett's going to be playing this uh, on Thursday night. There's a lot of things that Florida State needs to find an answer on, and it seems to be that Fisk is playing a pretty vital part in doing that. And Adam Fuller's got to be ecstatic. You know, we saw him and the press conference during it, but, you know, we can't ask recruiting questions and all that kind of stuff. But seemed to be a pretty happy guy uh, during the opening press conference with the Chiefs at Bowl. I mean, Florida State, too, if you think about it, whenever Fabian Lovett was out of the game throughout the season due to injury, you know, Robert Cooper kind of there on his own. You had Jared Jackson, too, but who was also teamed up. Bringing Fisk, and depending on Fabian Lovett, you know, there's still, you got to add, you got to add experience in there. If not, you're really thin, relying a lot on Joshua Farmer to jump in. And then some of the even younger guys, like a Daniel Lyons, uh, you'll see what maybe Ayobame Tafase will do. Um, you know, a lot of unanswered experience that Florida State needed to go jump in that portal and land. And I don't really necessarily think I'll take y'all's opinions on this. I don't think bringing in Fisk eliminates that Fabian Lovett's not going to come back. I think you can bring back Fisk and you can bring back Fabian Lovett, in my opinion. 
I think it's feasible because Robert Cooper is obviously moving on. Jared Jackson ended up transferring to Michigan State. So there's a couple open spots right now on that interior defensive line, especially in the rotation, since Robert Cooper has basically been a starter for the majority of the season. Jared Jackson was involved in the rotation early on before kind of getting phased out down the stretch. But, I mean, there's there's definitely a case to be made for Fabian Lovett to return alongside Braden Fisk and these other developing guys in the defensive line room. Yeah, you, you could bring Lovett back, start him and Fisk. You rotate Daryl Jackson or Darrell Jackson on passing on obvious passing situations, bring along Daniel Lyons, bring along Joshua Farmer, and that defensive line's looking really, really nice for next year. But we'll see what Lovett decides to do. It'd be huge if he comes back. So the the middle of the defense was was a problem when he was out last year, uh, or this this year. But e- either way, it, it's a much much improved group getting two transfers in in that uh, position line or in that position room. Uh, no. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see Dustin might be dealing with some uh, connection issues. I'm sure. Here he comes. Nope, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't don't think. I'm going to put him down. I'm going to put you down, Dustin, and then you work on that internet while I put you down there. Maybe he'll get the hint that the internet's kind of screwing up, but maybe he'll fix it down there. I bet what he had, what he was going to say was Derwin James while we're live. I was, I was about to say it. Yeah, I just came down with a pretty big interception. If, I, if we were at home, then I'd probably try to put on my other monitor, but we were working with one screen, one iPad, and you know what? It's working, but Derwin James, shout out to Derwin James getting that interception. Let me get back, Dustin, and see if things are better for him. Things aren't looking good. Let's get him out of there. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> things aren't looking great. Um, but, yeah, big time big time pickup for Florida State, um, and you need that. You need that, and I don't think it eliminates Fabian Lovett from coming back. That's not a scenario that never really popped up into my brain when even thinking originally about Fisk and him coming to Florida State. We have Dustin Lewis back after what was going to be a really awesome story that you were going to tell us, but it kind of messed up with the internet there, D-Lou. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. The Wi-Fi uh, decided to disconnect and make me look dumb, but I just want to say I'm really excited about this pickup just because I feel like Fisk, he's bringing in a really strong work ethic, uh, work ethic to Florida State. Just looking at him whenever he came into uh, Western Michigan 2018, obviously a guy, a guy who at the time was an unheralded recruit flying under the radar 6'3", 240 at the time coming into Western Michigan um, in 2018 and now six foot five, 300 pounds. I mean, this guy has built himself into a grown ass man in the weight room over the last five years and is bringing something powerful in the middle to Florida State. So and you got to think, you know, a guy like that unheralded, he's got to have a chip on his shoulder. Now is Logan having nice- trouble or is it me? No, no, we're all good. We're alive. I'm trying to get the Twitter link to be able to tweet the live of our topics that we're talking about, but I'm having to go backwards in a lot of things. So that's what we get, though. We're on travel. We're on travel. Great start. We're having Great fun. We're, we're, we're figuring out in the first 10 minutes, and then the rest of the show is just going to be A-plus material. Let's jump over to a big-time comment that Florida State was able to flip on Thursday night. We talked about him on Wednesday. He didn't make his decision until the next day. Florida State felt pretty good going into Wednesday. All of us did that. Florida State would be able to fit, flip Conrad Hussey, a safety, one of the top in the top 11, whatever rankings you want to go off of, but one of the top safeties in the country. 
Um, I we talked about him a lot last week. I really like him. I mean, he seems like a smart player, puts himself in the right position for takeaways. But this one came down to, once again, a pretty entertaining commitment ceremony. It seems to be the case. I feel bad for FSU fans and even us, too, because we're like, do we press publish? Do we not press publish? What are we doing here? But you got the long ceremony. He's got the hats. He's tossed. I guess the new thing is tossing the hats, I guess, ever since Travis Hunter did it. But tossing the hats and then i don't think he tossed them i think he just handed them off he kind of handed he it was not a full-on travis he Hunter. was polite like five rows back kind of <laughs> toss but now uh but then eventually he takes off um the jacket and shows off the florida state gear so and i actually had a i think he had a hoodie on too so yeah but around this whole family i thought that was awesome to have the whole family around for it and uh, the t- content was great but dilu you know you've been following this one since visiting it kind of felt like just a roller coaster for a little bit there because Penn State, it seemed like Miami was out of it, and then Penn State was trying to do as much as they could to keep him committed, but Florida State was able to make a big flip here. One of the few that you know we've seen Mike Norvell make of this uh, significance. This is it, it's a much-needed position group. It's a much-needed position group. Austin, you know, we talked about it too last week. There's got to be some help there depth-wise, someone that you can build up like a Shaheem Brown, but Florida State – Adam Fuller, able to grab him. Yeah, we've seen some recruiting decisions, uh, some wild recruitments go the other way, um, not in Florida State's favor. So coming into this one and then seeing Hussey hand off all the hats and then he brings over the bag and, you know, a lot of anticipation there. I think Florida State fans were a little scared, but good to see the Seminoles, I think, rebound in a big way and finally went out on one of these wild shockers that hopefully Miami and Penn State fans are dealing with pretty well by this point. But a, a huge pickup for Florida State at a position of need. Obviously, um, Jamie Robinson hasn't made an official declaration at this point, but we are expecting him to pursue a, pre- a professional career based on his previous comments ever since Florida State um, defeated UF in the regular season finale. And then we don't know what's going to happen with Akeem Dent. So right now, um, you know, those, the future for those two is up in the air, obviously, Shaheen Brown, who looks like a potential future future star on defense for Florida State, will be back in the fold in 2023. He's going to be a crucial player in the back end. Now you're echoing. You're in here two times. Wow. I don't know what happened there. Now it's echoing. Hold up. I don't know what just happened there. Man. All right, now it stopped. Uh, where was I at? Yeah, Shaheen Brown, potential breakout star for Florida State coming back in 2023. And, you know, with the uncertainty behind J.B. Robinson and Dent, it was crucial to get a guy like Hussey. What are you doing? What are you doing? What is going on? Can you, you keep talking. You keep talking. I'm trying to get this dang link, all right? <laughs> I haven't even really crucial. drank enough for this. I haven't drank enough. Absolutely for this. crucial to get a guy you like know who is immensely talented. Um, and yeah, just for I'm done. I'm not for, tweeting that anymore. I'm not tweeting live. I'm not live tweeting. I thought I could do it tonight. It's just not happening. No Twitter views for us. But you know what? We love our YouTube <laughs> listeners and our Facebook people. But just for Florida State, it went out on this one. They needed it with the uncertainty at safety going into next season. And, um, you know, we'll see about some of the other true freshman signees uh, in the defensive backfield. Obviously, five total DBs coming in for Florida State. Um, I think a guy like K.J. Kirkland, who's sitting around six foot two right now, 
180, 190 or so, he would probably be a perfect um, build-wise coming in at safety. So we'll just see how it works out. And Florida State obviously still active in the transfer portal. Main target right now, Virginia transfer cornerback, Fentrell Cypress, who was here on an official visit a couple weeks ago. And then as far as guys returning on the roster, I know we didn't see him play this season in 2022 due to, due to an unclosed um, situation. But Travis J., I'm not really sure what his future looks like right now, but if he does decide to return to Florida State in 2023, obviously a guy who has played safety in his college career and with the depth, I don't want to say concerns, but you know it's looking a little thin back there at safety right now. Wouldn't surprise me if Travis Jay is able to get back from the lineup, they give him a, a look back at safety. Yeah, Hussey's got a serious chance to play some minutes this year, depending on what happens with, with Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent. Either way, I think I'd still like them to go after a guy in the portal, just a guy with some experience that can play some minutes here and there. Um, but it's a big pickup, get, getting that kind of flip from a program like Penn State that's killing it on the NIL side of things. Um, just, just a big pickup for Norvell and the staff and should really give them some momentum going into the 24 class for next year. I think the really big question here is what is Akeem Dent going to do? It felt like going into the season that he would end up moving on along with Jamie Robinson. And now it's kind of up in the air. He hasn't really given the media a full-on answer. And um, that's how it is for a lot of these guys, including Jared Burris. We'll talk about in a few minutes along with Jamie Robinson. Not really full-on answers, just focusing on the bowl game ahead. But, you know, Dent dealt with some injuries throughout the season. and But you see the uprise of Shaheen Brown there. Could you bring back Akeem Dent and alongside you have Shaheem Brown, but you're really thin there, guys. And so having Conrad Hussey, a guy in-house that you can develop, uh, is huge. Do we know if Hussey's early enrolling? Hussey will be in in the summer. Unfortunately, St. Thomas Aquinas, they just don't allow people to graduate early for whatever reason. The same thing that happened with Julian Armella. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Well, dang. But either way, you know, you still want to have a home, a guy that you can – start doing things with in the summer and you know you gotta you gotta hope that he keeps and comes back i think that's the big question there and we've seen some guys move around i mean you think about it you know renardo green was at safety now he's down at corner that seems to be fitting pretty well but if you could bring in going to the virginia transfer with cypress man you would love to have that going into 2023 that would be an improvement for 2022 in a major way because i've really liked really liked what Renato Green has put together this this whole season. And I talked about that with James Robinson today. I feel like Renato Green doesn't get the respect that he deserves. If you go back to that LSU game, when we were previewing it, the main focus was how is Florida State going to take care of LSU's wide receivers? And for the majority of that game, they did. That last drive there is the last drive. Jane Davis is trying to do whatever he can to put a touchdown um, into the end zone. But Looking at Renardo Green, he did what he did needed to do against. I, I gotta say it. I mean, he's this is what he wants his name to be said, but uh, Gavon Boutte, booty, it's really booty, but um, just weird saying that on a live stream in front of a couple hundred people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've Renardo Green. Don't really talk about him as much, just because that's really don't. Whenever you have a good corner, it doesn't get brought up on broadcasts a ton, and that means he's doing his job. But Jamie Rep Robinson talked very highly of him and said the same thing. You know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people talk about him enough, and uh, I think he gets kind of overlooked a tiny bit. And you're immediately looking for someone to replace at a corner position, and people trying to remove Leonardo Green. Leonardo Green's not going anywhere. Uh, Florida State staff really like what he's put together this season. So adding Cypress on the other side really really would excite some FSU fans going into 2023. 
and even without Cypress, you know, I don't I don't think it's crazy to say that this unit underperformed during the first half of the season. And as of late, they've really locked down as a group outside of Renardo Green, you know, Jerry and Jones, Greedy Vance, Kevin Knowles, Amarion Cooper, Azari Thomas, all of those guys have really stepped up their play down the stretch for Florida State. And, you know, all six of them are going to be back in the rotation for another year next year. So now it's looking like this cornerback room potentially could be a real strength for Florida State on defense with a lot of veterans coming back, some guys that have played for multiple years at Florida State and Adam Fuller's sister or Adam Fuller's system and under uh, Coach Woodson. So some some depth coming back there at cornerback, but I'm going to be interested to see the decisions that, you know, I expect Jamie to leave, but we'll see what Akeem Dent decides to do and, and how Florida State kind of attacks that safety room to uh, rebuild the depth. And we, you kind of touched on this earlier, just non-football related here, uh, but that's, you know, the main reason kind of, if you guys are on our Discord, kind of gave a reason there, uh, but, you know, didn't see Travis J this season. I don't know. If, I don't think he'll be playing in the bowl game, but he's been very active. We see him at practice. He works yep. a lot with scout team. He even worked a little bit at scout team quarterback throughout the season, but he's very active and, you know, they still have him while he's practicing. They've got him at safety right now. So back to kind of where he started, they moved him around a little bit. They had him play at corner this last off season, played around with that, didn't work. Then he played in the season in 2021, just, you know, natural athlete, but, you know, just depends on, you know, if he's going to be here next year. So the mm-hmm. that safety room has a lot of question marks around it, but you're able to cross off one of them with having Conrad Hesse now in that room. Uh, anything else transfer-wise? I don't think we missed anything. Nowadays, there's stuff left and right, but really, you know, Fisk and Hussey picking the knolls, and we'll keep an eye on Cypress. And we don't really have a timetable, D. Lou. Not really. It seems like it's flexible. He could potentially take maybe one more visit in January before deciding, but I, I think that's still up in the air. It's not really officially scheduled at this point. And then as far as other guys to watch for, you know, um, Miami offensive tackle, John Campbell was on, was in Tallahassee for an OV a couple weeks ago. He recently had a, a, can't remember the exact name off the top of my head, but a, a UF offensive tackle entered the portal, has some experience there. And then you Gilbert Edmonds over from uh, South Carolina, a defensive end transfer. So I think those are maybe some, some fringe guys right now that Florida State is evaluating and we'll see if things progress further. But just with the way that Florida State's been active in the transfer portal, it does seem like they're pursuing at least a fourth transfer offensive lineman to join that fold already of uh, Casey Roddick, Jeremiah Byers, and Keontae Jones. It's crazy to say it. They kind of don't need it. You know, there's enough. There's a decent amount of experience coming back. You obviously get the three transfers in, and there's, there's a lot of talented youth in that room. You arguably don't need another offensive lineman, but I don't think we're going to argue with anything Alex Atkins does at this point. Yeah, yeah, came into this season with 19 scholarship offensive linemen. And, I mean, the, at some points, the depth was still tested with the amount of injuries suffered on that front line. So, I think just with the history of coaching this team and seeing kind of how things have progressed so far would make sense just to go out and at least add an insurance guy. Um, and, I, you know, I think either the UF guy or John Campbell are potentially those options. But we'll see because – there's still there's still over 20 days for guys to enter, enter the transfer portal as bowl games wrap up, as the college football playoff wraps up. There could be even more high caliber prospects that we that aren't even on the radar yet that decide to enter the portal. So I think Florida State they're just keeping everything open right now because 
based on my projected count, got Florida State at 86 of 85 total scholarships. So they're technically over. They can be over the entire offseason. They've just got to be at 85 by the time, uh, you know, you get to the start of the season. So August or so. Um, I expect the numbers to work out over the offseason, probably some more departures coming for Florida State after the bowl game as far as guys in the transfer portal or, or maybe deciding to go pro. We're not exactly sure just yet, but, you know, we'll see how it works out. Florida State going to remain flexible, I think, in the portal and potentially be active in the spring as well. And speaking of spots, I guess we should note that Malik Feaster entered the portal a few days ago. The guy that they got in really late in the, in the process last year. Not missing anything there, but it is another spot that they can use. Yep, opens it up there. Mainly was working with scout team throughout the 2022 season. So not much of a major loss there in production-wise. Uh, Keith is asking here about, uh, in addition to another safety, what about another experienced linebacker in the portal? Florida State bringing their most experienced guys back this next season in 2023, but maybe in the transfer portal you can find a guy that has a couple of years left and I'm a talented linebacker there. I think, you know, looking at what you're bringing back, you got looking at DJ Lundy, you got Kenneth DeLoach, you got Tatum Bethune, who we got to hear from earlier today. And then you got some some guys behind him, too. You see Brendan Gant, who's made some strides there and has been pivotal, too, in special teams. But then you look at the guy who I brought up to uh, Tatum Bethune about, Amara Graham Jr., who is going to see the field. That's what Mahold Bethune to it. But, you know, he, he said that it's going to be hard to get Omar Graham Jr. off the field, but that's your really only true young linebacker in that room until you get Blake Nicholson. Um, what you think this is a good idea, guys, or do you think they're pretty set? I definitely think it's one that you would love to add a little bit more of uh, some guys in there, but it's not vital maybe for 2023, but moving forward, yes. I think with the state of the room, probably not. This offseason, because just like you noted, Logan, you've got your four top guys in the rotation coming back. Omar Graham Jr. seems like he's going to develop into something. Um, Steven Dix Jr. should be returning from that season-ending injury. We'll see what he decides to do this offseason. Uh, and then, like you said, Blake Nicholson coming in over the summer. DeMarco Ward, the uh, the three-star 2023 linebacker signing, already on campus and going through bowl practice with the teams, I think Florida State, they've got a good nucleus of veterans and young talent right now at that position room. So maybe next offseason, whenever you lose Kalen DeLoach and Tatum Bethune, you're going to dip into that portal. Brendan Gant will graduate next offseason as well. So next offseason, I could, I could see an addition. But right now, I think you're pretty set. And there's some other areas of the team that need, need to be addressed. Just the way the defense is, they only play two linebackers at a time, and some guys rotate in and out, obviously. But it's only two linebackers on the field at a time. There's no reason to go get another guy in there that's it's just going to crowd the room up a little bit and maybe hurt the development of some of the younger guys so like they're all mentioning not a need right now but maybe next offseason mm-hmm. uh, let's jump into some bowl game prep guys we're down here now got to have all the press conference uh throughout the day had a boatload of players that we talked to but first off we heard from mike norfell said that it's a lot different for the bowl game, but it's also kind of adjusting to how it is whenever you're on a away game or kind of how you were against going to face LSU in New Orleans, which we were there for, but just acclimating kind of. We showed up to the press conference. They, had, they were in the stadium today, and you know, we heard the music playing, something that Florida State likes to do during practices, so kind of keeping it the same as much as they can like they do in Tallahassee, but 
kind of vibe I got from Mike Norvell is that you know, he really liked the focus that this team has put together because Florida State, they have a certain thing in the locker room or somewhere inside the moor where it shows 10 wins somewhere. Like that's one of their goals and they want to be, what is it, the 25th team to be able yeah. to say that they've won 10 games. And I, and I love how all throughout that press conference this morning, it feels like this whole team was educated on that because each, each <laughs> one of them came up and said the same thing. They're like, yeah, we got to get that 25th one. We got to get that. Every About every player came up and said that. And it, it's kind of been that way since the off or not the offseason, but throughout bowl prep, I guess you can say, until Florida State found out who they were facing. That focus on getting 10 wins is such a big um, – big factor for them and you don't see that a lot with other teams and other players you know some of them opting out stars like this jared burst uh jamie robinson these guys playing in this bowl game when they could easily maybe opt out definitely if jared burst was looking to go to the league as long as jamie robinson could easily opt out but it seems like minor bell has done a big time job in that locker room guys with the culture and making it focused towards this program and what the fans deserve. And they absolutely deserve a 10 win season. And they seriously want to put on a show Thursday night, like Jamie Robinson said, and do that in front of what should be a heavy FSU crowd and the camping world stadium. I think it just, like you mentioned, I think it just shows the culture that Mike Norvell has kind of built and nurtured over the last couple of years since he, since he arrived at Florida state, you know, we've seen the progressions, year by year and you know we all look at the on-field progress as the overall goal for Florida State but really the off-field progress has been underrated just the way this locker room has been fixed all the guys buying in um you know I, I don't know really how to how to explain it but you know everyone's just kind of on the same page on the same same wavelength and I think the biggest thing is these guys and they've said it multiple times throughout the year they really love to play with one another, you know, they're bought in on this season. They're bought in on the brotherhood as they call it. And, and they want to get this 10th win and finish things the right way, which I think says a lot, because like you said, this is an era where if someone's not playing in the playoffs and they're a high NFL draft prospect, or they've got potential to get selected, they might opt out of this bowl game. Look over at the Oklahoma side of the ball, their top running back who had over 1300 yards sitting out starting left tackle sitting out, starting right tackle, sitting out, starting defensive lineman who's an NFL draft prospect, declared for the draft, he's going to sit out. On the other four, on the Florida State side, who's sitting out? Not one person. Every single person from top to bottom, even the guys that have entered the transfer portal for the most part, except for, I think, Sam McCall, Jarrett Jackson, maybe Rod Orr, all of those guys are still on the roster, out there practicing for Florida State. Even Amari Gaynor, who's been on official visits all over the country, throughout the month of December out there making it to practice for Florida State. He's in Orlando. He's going to probably play some on Thursday, I would imagine, the, the last game of his Florida State career. So, I mean, that that to me just shows buy-in. It shows culture, and it shows Florida State's doing the right thing off the field just like they're doing it on the field. We, we talked a lot this season about how the culture is being fixed with Norvell and how the locker was reacting. The, the biggest – indicator of culture is how guys use their voice in the media and it's all the same message from the top down from Norvell to the coordinators to Travis to any player that's on that podium they're all saying the same stuff and it's not they're not just saying it's say it's stuff that they actually believe and I think that's it's huge it's it's huge in college not just football but basketball as well um 
these guys have the same voice, the same consistency, and they want to go out and, and prove that this program's back on track where it needs to be and where we all expect it to be. You know, throughout, like, I know it's going to go over, like, everything that we talked about throughout the year, but it's really pivotal. Jordan Travis told us today, and I'm glad that a player said that, so definitely Jordan Travis, because we talk about it all the time. The biggest focus for Monterey Bell and what he's done is bring in players, definitely transfers, guys that have only maybe played for a year, like a Jermaine Johnson. We'll see what Jared Bruce does. But some guys that have only played for a year fits so well in that locker room first. It's people first and then talent next on the field. And Jordan Travis really highlighted that during his press conference today, saying that Mike Bell, one of the biggest things that he respects about his coach is that he's bringing in good people into that locker room. And that develops friendships, develops trust. And it's the biggest thing that Florida State has needed for a lot of years. FSU fans will agree with me. Accountability. Accountability. Making mistakes on the field. You're going to be held to a standard, no matter if you're a coach. And we're seeing that. It's no longer guys, uh, coaches holding you accountable. It's players on the field that we're seeing with our own eyes holding each other accountable for stupid flags, for making mistakes, being on assignments. And, you know, that's developed over the last three years. Of course, it wasn't the easiest road, but this is what you had to do in order to take it to the next level. And you're seeing a lot of other programs. It's going to take them a couple of years, hand hand Miami. It's going to take them maybe a little bit longer for Florida. But, you know, with Minerbaum, what he was given, it's it's almost kind of astonishing how quickly this has been able to develop into a nine-win season with a team that really, truly likes playing with one another. And there's no there's no opt-outs. There's none of that. This team is, is wanting to do this for Florida State because they think that it, the fans deserve it. And uh, I just think that's really cool. And that all starts up from the top with Mike Norvell. And uh, just a... Uh, Pretty cool stuff from Jordan Travis this morning. Uh, let, let's jump and do some player interviews, too. We heard from Jared Verse. We heard from Jamie Robinson. Jared telling us that we'll jump right to the good stuff. Doesn't – not making a decision yet. Seems like if there's going to be an announcement. He said it's going to be a week or two after the bowl game, but said that he's meeting with coaches, with his family, getting the most information that he can get. But – Still kind of up in the air on what he wants to do. I'm sure the bowl game will play a big part in that. Definitely, Lou, when you were talking about offensive tackle and defensive or uh, right <laughs> tackle for Oklahoma. Those and two, left tackle. Those, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's going to face his own, another defensive tackle. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, left tackle and right tackle being out for the game. Jared Burst just over here licking his chops along with Pat Payne and DMAC. But, uh, yeah, just no answer yet on that side of things for Jared Verson and Jamie Robinson. The same thing, although we did hear him after the Florida game tell the media that that was going to be his last game in Doak and how special that was beating Florida, having the fans on the field and everything. So at least in our minds, maybe Jamie is kind of going the media route, and I'm sure that's what he's told and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I think we're all in agreement that Jamie Robinson – I. I wanted Jamie Robinson to get the opportunity to go to the league, and it was also a big deal for him to come back this last season. Anyways, NIL opportunities helped a ton with that. So Jared Verse, though, up in the air, CBS Sports. We put out an article earlier uh, this last week about him being projected in the first round there, going to Seattle, and then you'll see some other projections of him being top 10 in there. And then you'll see some, though, where he's second and third round. 
it's just really he, he's got to do his homework and whoever he's given him some information it's 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 a big time business decision for him but you know i think florida state would love to have him back of course of course they would love to have back their best pass rusher <laughs> what you're saying but yeah we'll see how it works out i I've been in the boat that Jared Verse was going to go pro, you know, probably over the second half of the season. But at this point, I'm just not quite sure since he's kind of dragging it out a little bit. Same with Fabian Love. It seems like maybe these guys are having a tough time making this decision, which just goes back to showing how much they love playing at Florida State and love playing alongside some of their teammates in the locker room. If FSU is able to bring him back, I mean, man, it's just – becoming an embarrassment of riches for Florida State on both sides of the ball at this point, depending on how they close out uh, the rest of these transfer portal recruitments. I mean, you're just looking at an insanely stacked team coming into 2023 and, I mean, maybe top 10 preseason potential. I don't, I didn't think I'd say that, but it's stacking up right now on both sides of the ball. All right, go ahead. I was just going to say, it'd obviously be very nice to have Jared Verse back. Uh, everyone's in agreement there. No, you're not going to see anyone going, oh man, Jared Verson needs to leave. <laughs> I, like, obviously, yeah, it'd be great to have him back. But at the same time, if he doesn't, the, the development's been there in that room where someone's got the opportunity to step up, whether it's Pat Payton, whether it's somebody else. There's plenty of talent in that room. But uh, obviously having a guy like Verse back would be huge for next season. We'll see what he decides to do um, after this bowl game. Yeah, ginormous. You know, I think too – if, if Jared Verse ends up leaving, you got to see someone step up. And I know what I'm going to get out of Pat Payne definitely with another offseason and him continuing to get better and to see improvement. But I, I want if that's going to happen, Verse is gone, I got to see Byron Turner, <clears throat> Byron Turner step up. I've, we've seen signs of it here and there, and we just don't see much of end game signs. We see it in practice, and we see it, and we maybe see a few things on field on Saturdays, but it's just because he hasn't gotten a lot of it. PT also dealt with some injuries throughout the year. Uh, but if that's going to be someone to step up, I want to see what Pat Payne did. He's got. I want to see Byron Turner make that same switch there, and I do think there's a chance he's got. To, he's got to put on more size though, like Pat Payne did. Um, you know, Pat Payne put on some serious size when we got to see him. Delu, uh, that was what workouts were those? Those were the. Uh, I guess tour, the tour of duty. Tour of duty. Yeah, that was tour of duty when we saw him. We we're like, oh, that's uh, number fifty six. That's uh, that's Pat Payne right there. Guy that worked his ass off in the weight room with Coach Storms during the offseason, early part of the offseason. Then he saw him fall camp, and it just started being put together. I want to see that same development happen with Byron Turner at first is gone. Because you've got some youngsters, yeah, you've got some younger guys. But, um, you know, and also I do want to see, just bring this up here, I want to see a position change on defense. I want to see Aaron Hester go to linebacker. I want to see if that ends up happening there because it just doesn't seem, you know, I've spent a lot of time watching one-on-ones. Um, I just don't see him being a pivotal pass rusher for Florida State, but at the la- at the linebacker position, I would love for him to be alongside with Omar Graham Jr. developing under Randy Shannon. I think that's if 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 Aaron Hester is going to stay at Florida State, that's going to have to be a move, in my opinion. We'll see what Adam Fuller and Mike Norvell and Randy Shannon want to do there, but I just don't see Aaron Hester, who you know, still very a true freshman, a lot of football ahead of him. I just don't think the size-wise is going to work for him, for at least what Florida State likes to do at the defensive end position. I don't know if you kind of agree with me there, D. Lou, since you were at practices. That's a, it's a good note. Honestly, I meant to mention him earlier whenever we were talking about the linebackers because I do see that as a potential move this offseason. I mean, I even noticed actually 
just randomly going through Twitter the other day is his Twitter bio side linebacker at Florida State. So, hey, maybe you just hit on it, Logan. But, um, yeah, I, I think his future at Florida State is probably some type of maybe a pass rushing hybrid at linebacker, maybe kind of like what they were going to do with Amari Gaynor. It didn't quite work out with Gaynor, but we'll see how Hester progresses throughout his career. A guy who kind of pretty highly touted coming in, a Florida State legacy, and still got some upside in his game. High hopes for him. I want to run through a couple questions and hear this from Stan, our guy in Discord. Did you get any personalized Cheez-It bags? Trust me, trust me, if we had gotten them, it would have started off right here in the camera showing you guys. I think maybe we'll get them at the press box on Thursday night. Uh, those will be tweeted immediately. Don't worry about that. And then our guy Wit is also in here. Uh, while in Orlando, are there any opportunities to watch practice at the Camping World Stadium? So it's pretty locked down. We don't even get to see a full practice. And I guess we sound like we're pretty spoiled because Mike Norvell does spoil us. But I don't know if it's because the bowl and what they like to do with their requirements, whatever it is. But we only get to see the first like couple periods of it. Um, after stretches so we're kind of in the same boat as you we're not going to see a lot of practice stuff but uh, we'll be tweeting live updates uh, from practice and you look for our practice report afterwards but pretty pretty locked down this week on that side of things unfortunate for sure and just real quick apparently derwin james was just ejected yeah i was just about to say it's kind of a uh, bush league call but you know it is a no fun league after all it's a vicious hit like he absolutely smoked this guy uh, but it is 2022 NFL football, so. Wow, Derwin James ejected. I don't know if you can call that a hit on a defenseless receiver. Maybe. I think it was. I think it was more leading with the helmet than anything. But to uh, me, it looks like he hits him with his arms. Hmm. He pushes off. I don't know. There's a question in here from our guy Tom on Facebook. Do you think Rodney Hill runs with the ones on Thursday night? Well, with the factor of Trayshawn Ward, Trey Benson, and Lawrence Toa Philly being fully healthy, that's not going to happen. But I think you will see – it's going to be hard to get 29 off the field. That's going to be the theme Agreed. going into 2023. I think you'll see Rodney Hill definitely. If Florida State's able to run up the score, we're getting close to score predictions, guys. So get ready for that. But if Florida State's able to find a lead later in this game, I think overall that, that – running back room who they really love each other would love to see Rodney Hill go in there and get as much playing time as possible. That's kind of the theme for every position group right now on this team, which is awesome to watch and see the celebrating on the sidelines for some of these younger guys, like a CJ Campbell walk on, go in there and score that this team loses their absolute mind on the sideline. And uh, it's, it's special to watch, but yeah, you'll see Rodney Hill, but he, we don't expect him to be starting. The plan coming into the game from per Nor- per Norvell was uh, they weren't. I don't think they were going to play him just because of the redshirt rule. But with the waiver that you can now play anyone in a bowl game, and you know if they played four games or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count against their their red their ability to redshirt. It wouldn't surprise me if Rodney Hill gets in there because man, that kid is good. Kind of touched on Conrad earlier, but Derwin's a different animal. I look at Derwin James's film, and there's only a few that I like. <laughs> will sit there and watch all throughout. I don't care if it's 10, 15 minutes long. Like I'll go back and watch Derwin's highlight tapes. You know, not saying Conrad Hussey cannot be like Derwin James, but I think there's a lot to be answered on that. But I love aggressiveness. I, you know, I love aggressive players. My favorite player being Timmy Jernigan. I love physical guys, definitely on defense. And that's what Florida State and Adam Fuller is trying to build. But they're 
wanted to be some smart guys. And from what I see more of than anything, I like the aggressiveness, but I think he's a really smart player and he reads his assignments pretty well. So uh, Florida State got a, got a nice snag there. At the same time, there's n- there's not many 6'2", 215 safeties that run yeah. and hit like Derwin James does. Like Derwin's a freak of nature. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think there's ever there's I don't think there's ever gonna be another Derwin. Like Derwin's a one of one. Remember uh I remember watching some lifting videos of Derwin as a true freshman coming in benching four oh five. A DB he's, DB four oh five. Like he's he's a freak of nature and at the same time you put him on a basketball court and he's the best player out there no matter who he's playing against, windmill yeah. dunking, doing every, like he's just he's a freak. That's 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 all yeah. he is. So there's nothing, no hit on Conrad Hussey, but it'd have to do quite a lot. Uh, I want to go into some NFL because we kind of skipped over a couple of weeks since we've been doing the show, but a big-time weekend for a lot of former Knowles, including Cam Akers, absolutely destroying the Denver Broncos, uh, obliterating them, bringing over three touchdowns, also had over 100 yards in uh, scrimmage. I mean, not, not a bad Cook. day for Cam. Jalen Ramsey got an interception, too, along with yeah, that it- game. Akers basically got nothing to hack it fired, if you want to think of it that way. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Dalvin, Dalvin didn't do much against the Giants, but he had a good game last week against the Colts with that big screen pass touchdown towards the end of the game. Um, he's part, still got that biggest, speed. He's still got it. You know, it, it, he's he's not as good as he used to be. You could tell the injuries are starting to catch up to him a little bit. Um, but his, his burst and his, his lateral quickness is still unbelievable. I, imagine this you see Dalvin Cook which they are going to fight really closely here and congratulate well I'm not going to say congratulations yeah, easy, I guess they got playoffs to go to but if Dalvin and the Minnesota Vikings can go and make a run and get a Super Bowl like that I mean right wow. right and Cam Akers who just won one at the running back position then you see Dalvin Cook who I think is very much deserving to win a Super Bowl. We know the caliber of talent that he did here in Tallahassee. I think FSU fans knew the most about the thrill of watching Dalvin Cook and the ability that he would have going into the league. That's why we were very high on him talking over other running backs that went in that draft. Yeah. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, who can barely – even though Leonard Fournette, of course, he just had his best game. So now I'm talking trash about him, but he just had his best game of the freaking season. But – Hasn't been the case all season. Dalvin Cook was a different animal, but I would love to see him have a big, fat Super Bowl ring on his finger. I, I know better than to, than to expect Minnesota Vikings playoff success. I have I, I have no faith. They'll end up being the two seed and lose to the seven seed of Detroit Lions by two touchdowns. I have no doubt in my mind. This seems different though this year because usually y'all lose those games where it's going to the very we end. Ju- we just lost to the Lions two weeks ago. <laughs> But we, they are the Vikings are eleven and zero in one score games, which has you know I'm starting to lose my hair. You can see it. Uh, that's all thanks to the Minnesota Vikings. I <laughs> uh, wanted to mention this too: Josh Sweat picking off Dak Prescott for a pick six, outrunning him too, getting off the tackle. That was awesome to see. Which the fact he wasn't a Pro Bowler was yeah. Bullshit. That was I'm sorry. Up. I'll say it. He he, he should have been a Pro Bowler. He's been so good this season for the Eagles. Um, I, I'm so happy for Sweat. I had a class with him when I was in college. Just a really good dude, and the the injury he had in high school, you could you can s- still see the way he runs that it still kind of affects him. Um, but he's he's had such a good season. He's got 11 sacks, 
31, 31 tackles, a force fumble, and now a pick six. Like, put the, put this dude in the Pro Bowl. I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping that you know there'll be some guys that end up playing in the Super Bowl. Yada yada yada. I don't, I'm not wishing any kind of injuries on anybody, but I think there'll be a way that he'll fit in there because you know. Well, you know what? He might not even have to play in the Pro Bowl. He might play in the freaking Super Bowl with how the Eagles are looking this year. So we'll see what ends up happening. But he does deserve the Pro Bowl recognition. Uh, all right, let's jump into a little bit uh, of some Oklahoma here. As you were noting earlier, Dustin, we were talking about it at dinner. You know, Oklahoma's lost a lot of guys, some pivotal players, including their leading rusher this season. Uh, opting out of this game, you're losing your left tackle, your right tackle, you're losing also your wide receiver who had the fourth most receiving on the roster this year. There's a lot to where Florida State's bringing back their entire team for this game, like we talked about earlier, and Oklahoma kind of going through that phase of, hey, moving on, don't want to play. We went six and six, who gives a crap? But Florida State, very keyed in on this game. It's going to be at 530 on ESPN will be there for full coverage on Thursday night for you guys. I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, we had a really good time in new Orleans. That was obviously all fans. So <laughs> was a phenomenal, phenomenal ending. I mean, being down there, being able to video that Jared verse slamming off is. Oh, you're talking about the game. The, okay. Yeah. I'm talking about the game. I'm, I'm thinking about other stuff. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Let me, you want me to, you want me to make another glass? I'll make another glass. <laughs> I don't think you need my permission. I think you're going to do it anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't think I do. I don't do. But, yeah, I had also a pretty rough Sunday morning. But we made it to the game somehow. Made it to the game. <laughs> Anyways, uh, just overall, a fun season. You had the three-game stretch for Florida State lost those games. But you kind of saw a switch after, after the NC State game a little bit with Jordan Travis and – the way that he turned into more of a, of a leader, and I, I've seen that since he announced that he was coming back to Florida State. He's turned into a vocal guy, very hands-on. He's very competitive now and a little bit more vocal towards the defense, which I've never have seen before. But he's gets a little, you know, not he gets a little chippy-chippy, and I, I like it from him. This team is ready to play on Thursday night. Jamie Robinson said, we're tired, we're tired of hitting one another. We're ready to go out there and hit someone else, and that kind of gets the feel of how it was in fall camp. And this team could be very explosive on Thursday night. How are we feeling, gentlemen? I'm interested. You know, Florida State coming into this game at uh, pretty much full strength, whereas Oklahoma, they are going to be missing some guys. But the Sooners, you know, not really – not resting on their laurels coming into this one. You know, we heard from um, quarterback Dylan Gabriel today, Marvin Mills, wide receiver Marvin Mills, defensive end, Ethan Downs, uh, linebacker, Deshaun White, and they all see this as an opportunity for younger guys on the roster who didn't hear their names called as much during the season uh, as a chance for them to step up in the lineup and really make an impact. So they all have some confidence that despite losing some starters coming into this matchup, that they're still going to be able to compete with Florida State at a high level in this game. But, I mean, man, losing your starting left tackle, your starting right tackle, your top running back, that's going to be really tough for the Oklahoma offense to overcome, but I mean, they do have some terrific playmakers. Marvin Mims, who I just mentioned, being the top one, 52 catches, over a thousand yards, six touchdowns this season. He can take the top off uh, a defense, and Florida State secondary is going to need to key in on him. I mean, they got they got a very talented quarterback, and Dylan Gabriel had had a tremendous career at UCF after Mackenzie Milton went down with his injury. 
Um, and then he went to a place that fits him pretty well in Oklahoma, but the defense has just been so bad from them this year. And it's doesn't yeah. I mentioned they're losing a defensive tackle, but they're averaging or they're allowing what is it? Four yards of carry. Yeah, four, oh. yeah, four and a half yards of carry. Um, they, I think they've had six games or five games allowing 200 or more rushing yards. There's plenty of opportunity for this Florida State rushing attack that's had some really big games against some really good defenses for them to go out and have a really good game against a really bad rushing defense. Um, I'm really, really excited to see what the rush offense can do in this one. I'm also excited to see what Jared Verse and defensive ends are going to do against a, a true freshman tackle. Um, as, as Dustin mentioned, they're, they're going to be missing their – they're starting left and right tackle, so they're going to have a true freshman starting out there left tackle in Jacob Sexton, who was a four-star, but you know, for, for your first game to come against someone of Jared versus caliber and Patrick Payton's caliber, it's a tough test. Um, Florida State's played some freshman tackles this year going back to the LSU game, but it, it's much different in a bowl game when you've had a season of experience versus a guy who's making his very first start. You know what stands out to me? If they're going to start, you know, they're going to start that freshman, true freshman, goes back to the LSU game when they had Will Campbell for LSU playing there at the tackle position. We saw what Jared Burst was doing that entire game. We talked about it while we were watching the game. I was like, watch Jared here. He is absolutely bull rushing to get back there. And they created a lot of pressure on Jaden Davis during that game all throughout the night and really was using bull rush. Uh, it was kind of his main force there. And that was pretty impressive. But just goes to show what Jared Burst could do along with the other guys. And I don't sleep a lot on, on Derek McLennan. I think he's going to have a you know, big-time year next year. You get to see Pat Payne, but that pass rush should be able to take full. Reverse is looking to put on more tape if he doesn't. And indeed, try to go up to the league, man. That should be tape all night long. You know, Not that it would be against some major kind of competition, but tape's tape, and you know he can put in some work. So and to see a lot of guys being – the healthiest, healthiest they've been all throughout the season. And Jared Burst will be one of those guys, along with some other guys, you know, going to the offensive side, seeing Trey Benson kind of dinged up a little bit against Florida. He'll be a full go uh, on Thursday night, which will be nice to see. And, you know, that's been kind of one of the biggest storylines throughout the year, watching Trey Benson, a guy that was not talked about highly. A lot of FSU fans weren't so much of a fan of him coming ends up turning heads, yeah. making people shut the F up and he did it alone. And, uh, you know, his, his announcement of him coming back was one of the most anticipated ones along with waiting on Jared verse here of getting that guy for 2023 is huge, but to get him one last time while he's in his groove against an Oklahoma defense, on the rushing game, which has been absolutely atrocious throughout the year, and Florida State's offensive line bringing back their starters again healthy. It, it kind of just sets up for Florida State to be able to manage this game. And I thought Mike Bell was able to do that against LSU. They were able to take care of the ball. Time of possession was huge. This should be another case of that against Oklahoma, where you should be able to run, run. If you want to try an explosive play, you can try Johnny Wilson. You can try a deuce. But you should be able to run up their run, run up their gut on Thursday night. And I don't think it's going to be easy because Oklahoma, they do have three extremely productive linebackers are going to be putting out there. They all – the three Ds is what we'll call them. Danny, David, and Deshaun, the three starting linebackers for the Sooners. They've combined for 300 tackles um, so far this season. So they're kind of the key cogs there in the middle as far as stopping the run. And then you've also got defensive end Ethan Downs, who I mentioned earlier, 13.5 tackles for loss 
this season. Oklahoma actually leading the Big 12 in tackles for loss. So, I mean, they've been not a very high-ranked defense. You know, that's kind of the – whenever you look at Oklahoma, it's kind of like a seesaw. Number 18 offense in the country, an elite unit there, and then the number 122nd um, defense in the country, allowing over 453 um, yards of offense per game. So that they haven't been great, but for some reason, I mean, they're leading, like I said, leading the Big 12 in tackles for loss. They've been kind of opportunistic, and, uh, you know, they're excited for this challenge against Florida State's running game. And going back to the other side of the ball, those uh, missing tackles for Oklahoma on the left and right side, I think that has got to be really the the key to the game for Florida State with a true freshman, like we mentioned, making his first career start. On the other side, you've got a redshirt sophomore coming in at right tackle who doesn't have a ton of experience. And then you've got some very good defensive ends for Florida State, led by Jared Verse and Patrick Payton. Leonard Warner could get in there and be productive as well alongside Derek McClendon. So Florida State, I think that's – that's got to be the battle that you win. Dominate the edge of that offensive line. And then remember, Oklahoma's without their top rusher. They're averaging over 200 yards rushing per game. So to lose Eric Gray is a really big loss for them. We'll, we'll see what happens. It looks like Javante Barnes and Marcus Major are probably going to take the majority of the snaps for the Sooners at running back. And if that name rings a bell, Javante Barnes, true freshman running back who Florida State was actually involved with in the last recruiting cycle and ended up going with the Sooners over the Seminoles, and now a year later he faces them in a bowl game. So a uh, pretty unique situation there, and, and I think Florida State's defense, they've, they've got to be chomping at the bit here with uh, these crucial losses for Oklahoma. It's pretty funny because I remember when he chose Oklahoma last year, a lot of us were like, wow, he's going into a crowded backfield, and uh, now he's going to be started in a bowl game. <laughs> uh, but it, it's still a ton of rushing offense without him, or without Eric Gray. As a team, they rushed for 2,700 yards. Um, and Dylan, Dylan Gabriel is plenty capable as well uh, of making something happen with his legs as well. They'll, they'll be just fine on the rushing end. It, it really just depends how those tackles hold up against Florida State's very talented pass rush. Um, now I'm excited to see what happens in this game. I, I really like the way Florida State matches up, especially with the losses Oklahoma's had with opt-outs. There's a question on here. From Tom, do you think the wide receiver Winston Wright will get any plays or is he completely off the table? I think right now it seems like Florida State is preparing for him next season. No reason to burn him at all. Not a, I don't think – I know Winston wants to play. Every player wants to play. But there's no reason to do this in a bowl game uh, whatsoever. So I think you'll see him uh, next season. Hopefully if recovery continues to go better, we'll keep an eye on that once spring hits. So looking forward to seeing him. The kid – is working a ton to get back, and there's a lot of respect between him and Mike Norvell on doing so. So no reason to get Winston right up there. Definitely with the wide receiver room that you got, yeah, I, I think you're going to be just fine on Thursday night. Uh, Rob's saying that he thinks that it's going to be a 45-17 type of game. Travis throws for 250, 250, and Trey Benson goes off 135 on the ground. I don't think that's too far off. I don't think Rob's too far off there, honestly. He might have just called it there, <laughs> Rob. I think, you know, one thing Adam Fuller pointed out this morning was watching Dylan Gabriel. And, and Jamie Robinson commented on, too, they could not allow the pass there. And there's a lot of things that Dylan Gabriel, too, can scramble. And if you have your pressure on both sides of the ball, there's a good chance that Dylan Gabriel is going to pull off at Florida State 
game there, and it's going to be big on the linebackers, not allowing those scrambles to turn into first downs. I think it's going to be a pretty big game there for Randy Shannon and his unit. I'm not allowing Dylan Gabriel to use his legs as much because I think it's going to come down to cracking off the side, and there's going to be some kind of, hey, I've got to get out of here, I've got to pull up, and sometimes that can cause some assignment disruption for the secondary Florida State's done a pretty good job on that throughout the season. We've kind of seen a hiccup here and there, but overall so much better than last year. Linebackers, I think, will have to play a pivotal role for Florida State on containing Dylan Gabriel if he starts to get a little antsy in that pocket, which I think could end up happening like we saw against you know LSU with Jaden Davis. And Florida State obviously has played a couple quarterbacks who can run this season. You mentioned Jaden Davis. You had Louisville with Malik Cunningham, who made some ridiculous plays that night. Obviously, Anthony Anthony Richardson uh, for UF. So, Florida State, they've played some athletic quarterbacks this season. Dylan Gabriel, you know, you can consider him a dual threat, but he's not up to the level of those other three guys that FSU has faced. So, I think they should be up for the challenge, and they should be able to handle um, Gabriel's athleticism. Going to the offensive side before we get to score predictions, what do you want to see from this offense? What do you think creates success on Thursday night? Who ends up having a big game, maybe? Um, you know, we always kind of all go off of Jordan Travis here, but maybe outside of JT, who do you think can have, you know, a, a pivotal game for Florida State on offense? And we've talked about it. There is some lack of, of defense for Oklahoma in that run game, but who could really step up here and say, night-night by the third quarter. For me, it's just the running backs. Florida State entering this game seven straight games of 200-plus yards on the ground to conclude the regular seasons. I mean, this unit has really kicked into sync. Obviously, the rise of Trey Benson has been tremendous and quite a story for Florida State fans this season. But Lawrence Toa Philly has remained reliable. Um, we've seen Treshawn Ward, when he's healthy, make impacts in that backfield. And then Rodney Hill, I mean, whenever he gets in there, he ends up making a spark play, C.J. Campbell as well. So I, mean, I think it's really just the running backs come out, run with that same mentality and toughness that they've had throughout the 2022 season. Um, follow your offensive line. You know, Dylan Gibbons up there today, it seems like he's pretty excited to get after it against Oklahoma on Thursday night. And just just trust the, uh, the coaching and the play calling. And I, I think everything will work out. Uh, I was going to say the exact same thing about the the Russian attack. Uh, Oklahoma's 0-5 in games that they've allowed 200 or more yards. So you really got to hit that that Russian mark. Just just continue to pound it down their throats and uh, and just keep, keep, keep going at them. The, the more you suck those linebackers in, it's going to open everything up for, for Jordan Travis and the rest of this offense. I really think this offense is going to have no issues moving the ball. I think you'll see an available Darren Williamson, too. For FSU on Thursday night, also, so yep. that could He's be on the depth chart. Yep, so that could be another addition for Florida State's wide receiver room. Which in some of those games, Jordan Travis went to Williamson quite a bit. Kind of was a safety blanket at some points. Williamson, I'm sure we'll see quite a bit of him. Johnny Wilson here is brought up in the chat from Miss Carol on Facebook. What are your thoughts on Johnny Wilson staying or not? All I think all in agreement here that we'll see him in 2023 for Florida State. Too much inconsistencies. What drop ball is one of the things that Arizona State they've been working on to build consistency there. You see the physical attributes. You can see the big plays. You can see the big third down plays. You see the red zone threat that he brings. You see the toe tap there in the end zone. He has those abilities, but really when you go to the NFL – 
these scouts are looking at consistency and as a wide receiver you've got to catch the ball and too much inconsistencies in my opinion you'll see him dressed out as a Florida State Seminole in 2023 and uh you know if he can put that last little thing there together it's going to be hard for you know Johnny Wilson to not be drafted in this next draft just because of what he brings to the table uh, size-wise, speed-wise, length-wise. And if he can get those hands, these two things right here, that, that is a wide receiver that will be drafted that we haven't seen since I don't know what year a wide receiver has been drafted. Auden, was it, did Auden get drafted or was that for you? Uh, he was seventh, he was seventh was round. It? Yeah, Auden was seventh round. Okay, so that was, that was the last one right there then. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? That is pretty crazy, but I, yeah. I pretty much agree with every point you made there. This season for Johnny Wilson, you know, really his first season at the college level where he's been able to contribute at a level like this. So he's still gaining that game experience and, you know, still learning how to use that six foot seven frame. But the, the potential is there. I think if he were to declare for the NFL this season, maybe someone takes a flyer on him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round or something like that. But if he can come back to Florida State, become more consistent, when it comes to catching the ball, um, you know, he's a little bit banged up in 2022 as well. So stay healthy and just continue to progress because his athleticism at six foot seven is, is just nuts. Uh, he's another guy that I feel just like Jared verse would probably kill the NFL combine, whenever the day comes it, that he's out there just with his measurements. And then whenever they watch him run the 40, I mean, six foot seven, that kid uh, can absolutely fly with those long strides. So, I mean, the sky, in my opinion, the sky is the limit. For Johnny Wilson, um, if he can come back and put in another standout campaign in 2023, he could very well hear his name called on, on day two. I think you're muted. I sure am. I sure am. Thank you for that. Normal anyway. microphone. He's still muted himself. Well, I'm over here doing 10,000 things. I'm trying to navigate and make sure that we talk about our wonderful sponsor before we jump into score predictions for Florida State versus Oklahoma. Shout out to our friends at Alumni Hall. Uh, I personally went by before I came down here to Orlando, got some stuff for the family, went you know, Christmas shopping, got them all hooked up with a few pieces of gear. Appreciate them for always sponsoring the show. Uh, make sure you guys go stop over there. They are in the Miracle Plaza. There's a lot of good food spots, a lot of good things to do shopping-wise, and there's also a grocery store right there. So if you're looking to go shopping, there's a lot of other things you can do around in the area and also grab some lunch. So make sure you guys go check out Alumni Hall, a lot of great FSU decor, too. If you're trying to prep up the season ahead or get ready for the offseason or even post-game after the bowl game. I'm sure, I'm sure Alumni Hall will have some gear after the cheese it ball, hopefully not holding them accountable now, but hopefully they will have some cheese it ball <laughs> stuff up. I know they did have bowl game stuff, cheese it ball uh, pre-game stuff, so hopefully they'll have some post-game stuff. If it goes in FSU's favor, I guess Florida State does need to win the game first, so please, Mike, win the game so Alumni Hall will have some of that bowl game stuff in there. As always, though, you can get 10% off if you're an FSU student, faculty, or military. Just go in, show them your card, and you'll get 10% off any purchase. So a great deal there from alumni. I appreciate them sponsoring us all throughout this month. Hopefully, you'll be able to keep this relationship with them moving on into 2023. They've been great, so appreciate them hooking up, hooking us up with the FSU listeners and giving them the code to use. So appreciate them on that. Oh. 
Uh, let's jump into some score predictions, guys. I have no idea who was the last person. I, th- I think I'm. I think I'm up. I think. Are you? You might be. And since you said it, and you went ahead and nominated yourself, you that's are fine. Now going I'm, to be. I'm prepared. That's fine. Now the one. I'm ready. Uh, Ooh, okay. it, it, it's always a little, like, it, it brings the smallest amount of anxiety when you, you know, like you're looking at all the full projections and everyone's predicting games and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's Florida State. Like there's, I haven't seen a single Oklahoma pick. So obviously you're like, well, do I, like, is it really going to be this big of a blowout? I, Florida State should win this, I think fairly comfortably. There may be a little bit of a rust after not playing for, you know, a month. Um, but Florida State's too talented. Oklahoma's got too many opt-outs. I got this one 41-24 Florida State. Ooh, oh, we're gonna be close, VZ. Yeah, close. we are. We are gonna be close. All three of us are. I, I have it, a feeling. This is why I go don't. first, so that no one says I took their answer. This is why I go first. Uh, make sure, make sure you're in the chat right now. This is our last game preview of the season. So even if you don't usually comment, whoever you are, Bob or Ricky from Facebook or YouTube, make sure you drop down your score prediction. We need the score predictions. We need them. And make sure you hit the like button, too, before y'all leave, because I know that is coming. Y'all are about to bounce out of here real quick. But make sure you hit the like button. It's the last <laughs> game preview. Makes me sad, man. I always hate this part. I'm excited about the ball game, but then when I leave the stadium, I'm like, damn, this is it. No more game previews, and we get to talk about basketball, which... Oh. <sighs> All right, I don't want to... I don't want to dampen. I don't want to dampen the mood or anything. I don't want to dampen the mood. Uh, but yeah, drop your score predictions down below. Dilu, do you want to go next? I mean, I've got mine. Oh, sure. So Austin said forty-one to twenty-four. I think, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm kind of in the same boat here. I think Oklahoma missing multiple starters, two very, uh, two very important positions of the offensive line, and a key playmaker in the backfield. It's just going to be too much to overcome at the end. Whereas Florida State obviously bringing a full strength unit in here um, on a pretty big winning streak at this point, six or what five straight victories for Florida state to conclude the regular season. They're kind of hitting on all cylinders right now. seems like this team is focused on, on finishing things out the right way. And Oklahoma is as well. I think they're going to put up a fight for FSU in the first half, but just the depth that Florida state has compared to Oklahoma right now is going to be too much in the end, as well as some inexperience at uh, uh, at offensive tackle. So I'm going to go Florida State, 42, Oklahoma, 27. 42-27, okay. All right, so it's not it's not mine then. But we are close, though. We are very close. I've, y'all practically said it all. I don't want to repeat everything for everybody listening. But I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I got Florida State, 44, and I've got uh, Oklahoma, 21. I think – there will be a few plays where Oklahoma gets some touchdowns. It might be a late touchdown here and there, but um, it, it doesn't. Just from seeing practices, seeing the way that the guys are talking, it, this team is coming here on a mission, and that, that's a scary sign. And Florida State's been able to win those games usually when they're on the on that kind of trend. And I, I see them. I feel it's a game that feels a lot like the LSU game just in preparedness. And I think Florida state has that same type of mentality so that this shouldn't last too long. And I do need to mention too, I love that uh, Tom's in here giving some credit to me. I, not that it, that I picked L, or Florida state to be LSU this year, but I am working on get going 13, 13 and one on game predictions this year on wins and losses if i'm correct d lou well they're about to play their 13th game so i don't know how you 12 and 1 12 and 1 12 and 1 i mean 12 and 1 12 and 1 
12 and 1. I'll have to pull it up, but right. <laughs> I think. And last year, I don't. I was tied there, I guess, with Charleston, who does a great job for us. But I just didn't want to, you know, mention that too much. But I did want to mention, you know, 12 and 1. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to really. It's, it's fine. I usually go for the boulder take, so it's fine. Go ahead. Have oh, your here we lab. go. Here we go. Have here your victory you lap. Go, go ahead and brag. It's fine. And you know what? I should have never predicted Florida State to beat Wake Forest. I don't know why I did that. And I, my brain told me no, but I was like, you know what? Let's have some fun. That's how I thought about uh, – yeah, I guess it was a Wake Forest game too. That's yeah, how I feel yeah. about that. That's how I feel about the NC State game. Granted, they should have won. Florida State should have won that game. I will stay my prediction, but it sucks. Yep. Uh huh. And I, I'm kind of right there with you too, Mister First. Mister Two First Names. All right, we're on the second glass of red wine, so things are getting a little bit harder to figure out there. But uh, I don't see the defense giving up 20 plus points. 45 to 10. Go Knowles. So I, I don't see that. Be, I you know. I don't see that the case either, but I watched Dylan Gabriel seventy points to UF, huh? Yeah, Dylan Gabriel's too good of a quarterback. I don't think yeah. you're going to hold him to ten points. And Marvin Mims is a terrific wide receiver. Wouldn't surprise me if they connect on a couple. Carol's on here saying thanks for a sensational season of broadcasting. Looking forward to next year with such a great football team and talented additions. Yes, appreciate everybody, including you, Carol. We've gained a lot of new viewers, listeners. A lot of new people in the Discord and a lot of new YouTube uh, people in the comments. So appreciate all throughout the season. We do this because of you guys and seeing y'all engage with us every Wednesday night in the comments really, you know, shocks me at some points because we're just three idiots here that just like talking <laughs> about football and basketball and three friends that like having a good time. So I appreciate everybody. It's been a long, long Absolutely. season. Me and Dustin were talking about it earlier and VZ would very much agree. It's been a very long long season but and it's uh, just getting started for me yeah it's well i think that i think it's <laughs> over i think it's over let's be wow honest. thanks <laughs> thanks i yeah, yeah, appreciate this you get it well, yeah you know, yeah the extra six months off uh bye-bye yeah bye <laughs> yeah. bye no I definitely appreciate y'all hanging out with us it's been a privilege to be able to put on some stuff for you guys and the guests that we had on shout out to our, I guess this will be our last, well, we'll do an instant reaction after the game, but shout out to all the guests too, that we've had throughout the season. We've had some really good times and even some current players now that we've been able to bring on the show. And, you know, we've got some really cool opportunities heading into 2023 with NIL stuff. So I appreciate everybody listening to the show. We will talk to you guys. We will be doing an instant reaction right after it. So make sure you guys stay tuned to that. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're liking the page. So then it will show up on your feed whenever we do go live. You can watch it afterwards. If you're on iTunes right now, feel free to rate five stars. It goes out to Spotify, Google Play too. Appreciate y'all. We'll have more coverage throughout the rest of the week, all the way up to game time. And as usual, we'll have full coverage there. Talk to you guys on Thursday night after Florida State faces off against the Oklahoma Sooners at 5.30 ESPN. See you guys. Same color t-shirt Mama told me not to sell